。喂，你今日饮咗未啊？饮 orange juice， 青红萝卜猪骨汤 ，coffee or tea or me？ 饮橙汁，不如试下饮 coffee bubble tea 啦。Hi everyone! Welcome to another episode of Coffee Bubble Tea. I'm your host Samson. With me today is Joyce, Colin, a special guest. Can you tell us a bit about yourself? Hello, 大家好，我叫 Stephanie。嗯，好多谢头先嘅 Samson 咧，佢介绍我 as a special guest because I feel really special now. So thank you for that. Um, 咁啊，首先介绍自己咧。咁我响多伦多土生土长啊嘛。Um, 之前咧喺约克大学咧，属、so、York University 读法文同埋西班牙文嘅，同埋今集系好诶开心系可以参与今嘅 episode 去倾关于我之前读过啲 linguistics。你系咪将专登将 York 叫做约克大学噶 ？I added both、okay. to give the、yeah. symmetry. It's、yeah. called language symmetry.、Oh, okay. Uh, you can tell us more about it. 嗱，因为诶好、uh, 多时呢，尤其是好多香港 upbringing 嘅人呢，系中文捞间唔中会捞啲英文嘅。And we really have to 专登要要要准备咗呢，先至唔捞任何英文嘅。And then what you just did was kind of funny because you 系啦，约克大学啦，跟<笑>住你最最后终于讲个 episode 呢个字，咁都捞返少少啦。So Academic terms. That's called insertion. Like you insert、okay. an actual word into your phrase.、Okay. So what you were describing, I was just doing little insertions.、Okay. Like the main,、insertion. there's a main language, and then we insert one of those filler words. Okay, it's great that you're bringing these terms. Because、uh, our topic today is about Chinese schools, and for for some Chinese schools, I think, or some Chinese teacher, if you do insertion. They'll 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 punish you for it. They'll yell you for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hola, yeah. So, uh, in the actually, uh, in the last, 点解系咁讲英文咧？嗱，啱啲啱啱呢半年咧，唔系我我其实喺度准备呢一集嘅时候，我都喺度都留意紧自己讲讲嘢讲咩文咁样。咁咧，诶 ，anyways， 呢半年咧。就都訪問咗，或者同咗唔同啲 friend 講傾傾偈嘅時候，都都會講到細個讀 Chinese school 啊等等，即係喺喺多倫喺加拿大嘅 Chinese school 咁樣啦。有啲有啲人呢就講佢哋鍾意啊唔鍾意讀啊咁樣。嗱咁樣呢，我其實我本身寫個 script 嗰度呢，我係多少少 hints 嘅。不過我想而家呢，呃、我唔去形，我我唔去俾 comments。去究竟 how Chinese schools？ 不如我问下你哋三个先啦。细个喺呢度有有冇翻过 Chinese school 嘅？请问 ？Yep. Yep. Yep. So I was really fortunate that my、um, private school growing up had a Chinese learning program, and that was after school. So Monday and Wednesdays. Were Cantonese class and Thursday evenings was Mandarin class. So starting from around age five, like I would go to these classes、um, after school, and my mom would be there picking me up. I think it was five, five or five fifteen. So the class would start at four. 
official school ended at 3.30. We had half an hour to play. Four o'clock is when class started. And then um, I think 5.15 is when our parents would be there to pick us up. Um, these were pretty large classes. Uh, you kind of grouped in terms of level and ability. And I stayed until I would think I was in grade grade eight, maybe. So it was a long, extensive time. And yeah, like I just had homework to do and we had regular dictations. Um, but yeah, I've got some stories about those experiences too. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to those. Yeah. Okay, um, uh, what about Colin? How was your Chinese school like? Yeah, so I also went to uh, Chinese school. I didn't uh, have the Chinese school as part of my regular, um, like my school didn't offer uh, those sorts of extra le uh, language lessons. So I uh, had to go out privately, like on the weekends uh, as part of a, uh, um, uh, I guess, mansheng, like uh, who would oh, okay. offer those sorts of uh uh, Chinese lessons and they would hire teachers who were probably like, um, you know, part-time teachers or regular full-time teachers who could uh, teach Chinese on the side on the weekends mm -hmm. as a side gig. So th those were the kinds of schools uh, that I went to. And I think I started attending them when I was really young too. So probably around uh, same time as, as Joyce, maybe like maybe five or six and uh, went up to about uh, grade 11-ish. Um, so I've always been, yeah, always been with the, uh, language, uh, never really been that, uh, I guess fluency for me in terms of speaking is much better than my writing or reading just because I don't, uh, do that often enough nowadays. So that's kind of my experience with, uh, Chinese school and 20 to 30 students per class, I would say, um, around that class range with recess, I should with okay. Yes. Oh, what about you, Steph? Uh, I would say it's similar to Collins, where I also had to do a private school on Saturday afternoons. Um, the class sizes were smaller, though. I think at most maybe ten to fifteen classmates. Yeah.我以前翻咧就係我自己個public 誒有啲after uh, school evening 嘅 Chinese school 啦咁樣，咁咧就係翻屋企食完飯就好似七點半上到九點半咁樣啦。It's pretty late 咁樣。係啦，下一個問題我講，我答先啦。即係嗰個上堂嗰個氣氛咧，我我嗰個好relax，個老師咧同感覺係似同我哋傾偈。咁即係都都有啲叫做有一篇嘢教嘅，但係。佢都係攞嚟同我哋傾下偈啊，咁樣。咁我哋好多學生其實係都係new immigrants，根本都唔唔係真係要學。但係就係係我都唔知，其實嗰陣時係係見朋友多過去學嘢嘅。咁樣好，yeah it was pretty relaxed。So what about you guys？你哋？Yeah，I think for the most part like you，at least when I was younger，it was really just to see friends，make friends。um you know go to uh class because your parents kind of made you force you to go um didn't really care too much about the class to be quite honest with you mm. was never really good at school to begin with so uh you know having regular homework 
uh, on uh, from Monday to Friday already. And, and in addition to to that, like now you have like um, Chinese homework and, and you got to study for dictations and all this other stuff. Yeah, not my uh, cup of tea, definitely. Mm. Um, so didn't really uh, take it too seriously. So I think I'm the opposite of Colin. I took it really seriously. Okay. <laughs> I treat it as a nice distraction from day school work. Ooh, and okay. I think the teachers, we had a handbook and then we had a handbook and then from there, we had a handbook and then we had a handbook and then pretty good memories i mean it's a mix because it spanned so many years i remember mm. it being so dependent on the teacher like there were certain teachers that were like oh those are the nice teachers and then <laughs> you got a bit older and it's like oh those are the strict teachers um mm. and i'd say like for the first like when i was younger my mom and dad didn't put too much pressure they would try to help me finish the homework like of course you have to like write write it again and again and again. And then that I have to do on my own. And then they would just kind of tell me the other answers if I got stuck. Um, and there was no real pressure to like learn for dictation. So I actually remember when I was in the nice teacher's class, I sat at the back with a friend of mine and I, I really struggled with like the dictation. I didn't know how to study or I just didn't study but then my friend was like a really keen student so at the end of the dictation she would hold up her notebook and I would like furiously try to copy all the answers oh. down and I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm pretty sure the teacher like knew what was going on but she only called this out on it once totally wise totally wise but but i did redeem myself after i went to this like really intense summer camp i i like learned how to like study and and then i did kind of pick up the slack after that but oh, yeah Chinese that, like, summer camp yeah yes i was gonna say oh, oh to learn held chinese by, like held by like Chinese tutorial schools. So like oh. there's a lot of fun stuff as well, but like every day you learn Chinese. Oh, <laughs> oh my it goodness. Like boot camp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it felt like it. Okay. Wake up at 5 a.m. and then you know stand in line and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. oh okay. So let's let's get to the more of the, the fun stuff. Any any stories you guys can think of about those days in Chinese school? I have another uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, okay, so, one. <laughs> I, so I went, I went um, after I like kind of graduated from my Chinese school at grade eight, I wanted to keep learning. And so my parents were like, oh my gosh, okay. Like, where are we going to find out? So there was the, I think the TDSB Toronto district school board had some public school offerings for Chinese. Mm. And I went and I joined this class. And what was really cool is in my class, there was, a black guy oh, and whoa. he cool. was learning Chinese just like the rest of us. And it was just so cool. Um, I bumped into him later in life. Um, and I like, I think it was at, it was at a church 
on U of T campus. And I turned around and I was like, did you ever take Chinese school? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So I think he ended up doing a PhD in history, like just super, wow. super cool person, Ooh, yeah. like editor of a, like of a, of some sort of newspaper now, but yeah, that was just a really cool encounter. Uh, go on, go on. I, oh, yeah, you sure. Go first. So I remember having to do tests, like, you know, regular tests for Chinese school. And unfortunately, because my reading skills were just so bad that I wasn't able to read the question, like probably like for half of the test. And because all the questions were in Chinese, like I could make out some of the questions by reading it. But then like the other questions, I had no idea what they were they said. So then I was I was I spent so much time trying to figure it out that eventually I just gave up and I just copied like the question into the answer uh brackets because I couldn't read the question. So I was like, I don't know how to answer this. And you can't ask the teacher being like, oh, what does the question say? So mm. she can't help you there. So then I was like struggling madly to be to try and interpret what even the question was asking during the whole exam. Um, so, I mean, like, needless to say, like, I did not do very well on those uh, exams. Like, I probably flunked, like, maybe half of them because I couldn't read the question. So then it was, like, really, really uh, hard for me um, to be able to do those sorts of things. But then I think uh, I appreciate it more later in life, um, having gone through that experience, not because um, it was something that... It, it, not because of the, the the fact that I failed like half of the, 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 the exams or tests that I was given, but more so the fact that I was, uh, you know, just even having that opportunity of having parents who, uh, I guess, forced you to do something like that when you were younger, but you didn't really understand why. And now later in life, you're like, oh, yeah, like, I'm proud to say that I can at least speak and read a little bit and write a little bit. Um, mm. So, yeah. Um, so I do have a memory. So your hand. So what I did was I got really upset with and like ah So I crumpled the piece of paper and then just threw that piece of homework on the ground. And then I was like sitting on the table. And then I thought, I should have photocopied the piece of homework and then just crumpled one piece and the other piece, <laughs> just leave it as like, you know, you know, like mm. in one piece. And then mm. there's another one, oh. We were talking about Christmas. So they're like, oh, so it has and again, I crumpled that piece of paper. That was my memory. And I forgot to photocopy it again. <laughs> From listening to you guys talk about uh, these, you know, these short stories or some of these description, 
我有一样嘢想问，其实系嗱，头先 Colin 讲嗰少少嘢，就讲嗰少少就系 your parents force you to， 诶、呃，我好想睇下，其实你哋点解摆好多心机啊，或者又或者有阵时你又话，其实唔好理啦 ，didn't really care 咁，其实系你你哋点解要返？同埋你觉得嗰、那个嗰、那个 motivation 系可可唔可以可唔可以形容一下呢 l i k e motivation to。What is score motivation to to learn the language? 我想强调一点啊 ，Samson， 就系咧，我爸妈咧系从来冇逼过我翻中文学校嘅。系，即系佢，我就系记得有一个 memory 咧，就系我爸拖住我手咧，佢带我上去嗰个 private school 度，然之后佢问我呢啲字你认唔认到啊 ？I'm like no。然之后佢话你迟啲就会识噶啦。So maybe that started off my motivation and。To answer your question, I think like my motivation. So I, I think I was lucky that I have that good visual memory. 即系系练嗰啲唔同嗰啲笔画咧，就系好容易去记得噶。即系虽然每一个星期六咧，上完一堂咧，就知道哦嗰字点写噶啦，咁就认得到个字。咁下次再见到嗰个中文字咧，就认得系好开心啊！哦，我认得嗰个字啊！咁我谂嗰个 inspiration 咧系。俾到我呢种个 intrinsic motivation， yeah yeah， to continue like learning and not have to be forced。Early on， um， it probably started because like the Chinese school principal was an auntie from our church， and I ended up learning piano from her too。So like， of course， there's like the foundation for relationship already。Like someone you knew is。Is the principal organizing these teachers? I think there, it was just also practical. Like it made it easy for my parents to like come from work, pick me up after school. Like they didn't have to figure out what to do with me、um, after school ended at three thirty.、Um, And I, I do remember there were times I didn't want to go to Chinese school. I remember like hiding from my Chinese school teacher, not showing up to class. This was one of the Thursday Mandarin classes, just not showing up. Just didn't go, and then I remember like the teacher sent one of the students to come find me, and he's like, "Oh, the teacher wants you to go to class." And I was like, "I don't want to go to class." And so he goes back, and finally、oh. the teacher herself came, and then I had to tell her, "But I don't want to come." And she's like, "But you have to come." <laughs> oh no! And then she brought me back.、Um, I, but I'd say again, like at some point it flipped. Like for me, it was like, "Oh, I want to learn this language now. I want to be able to." Learn more,、um, and watching TVB really honed my reading、yeah. skills、mm. at the time because I was just always reading the subtitles and listening along.、Um, one of the things about Cantonese, though, is that what you hear is so different from what you read <laughs> and what is written. But but I did learn a lot at that point, and then when it came to university, I did take a year、um, of Chinese just because I really. Wanted to keep learning.、Mm. Is Cantonese more of a spoken language than a written language? I I, I heard that from somebody. I'll I'll let Stephanie elaborate, but I just no, think of it as like a fisherman's language. It's just like、mm-hmm. this is like a layman. Kong is this like island? There's a bunch of fishermen, and they kind of have their own slang and way of talking, and just as the culture、yeah. around it, the population grew and developed, and this was the language we learned. Right.、Mm-hmm. So, in academic terms, we do consider Cantonese as a dialect, as a、right. special. Dialect in like the Guangdong province, and 
in terms of whether it's written or spoken more, I'll have to ask my professors about that. So I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, if you, uh, the Facebook groups I follow, there are people who, who talk about, uh, Cantonese and how to write a lot of the, the spoken words we, we, we don't, we usually don't write. Like you're thinking, like, for example, like, tongmai, right? Like, tong and mai. we say, yeah. and tongmai, but we don't actually write tongmai. <laughs> we say, well. yeah, exactly. Something like yeah, that. Like, yeah. you don't say, you don't write what you say almost. <laughs> so it's like yeah. kind of confusing. As, my brother was so confused. Like, my brother was much younger and he has less Chinese language than me. So he showed up and he was like, why am I learning words like bot? Um, because, like, we never hear this, like, but, like, like, like the meaning no, right? But we never use that when we speak. So he was like, why is the teacher teaching me words like but in Chinese? <laughs> That's funny. There are proper ways to write it. About 10 or 15 years ago, there was a grassroots movement, people uh, trying to preserve more Cantonese and Cantonese words and so on. Yeah, and, and there were lots of attention going into 我们平时说这些口语的话,其实有些就好像很粗俗,很通俗的, some of these words they go back uh, a couple of thousand years too. It appeared in some ancient texts and so on. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I want to say, Samson, so yeah. what that group is doing in linguistic academic terms, it's called language documentation. Language documentation. Yes. Yeah. Very interesting. At some point, realize, 即是我們這樣學中文包括我,包括我在香港一至四年都是默書,寫記,跟著copybooks這樣,都很悶,很辛苦,寫得不好又被人抄差,你知道,即是我的copybook是被老師抄到紅了,it's it takes away my confidence。即係而家而家啲人就會咁樣話俾我聽咯。咁但係都有啲嘢真係似乎係係咪即係memorization repetition is the maybe is, is that the only way to do it or is there something good we can take away from that kind of learning? What do you guys think? I feel that maybe one of the methods that the Chinese teachers could visit would be to use storytelling to tell the kids why a certain character is written that way. Mm, that's true, yeah. That's a good idea. I remember I remember when I was writing learning how to write the word uh I think it's uh teen, right? It's like mm, uh it's like a square and then you have like uh like a cross in the middle. And then there, I remember the story of saying like it's it's supposed to be like a plot of land, so it's like you know it's mm-hmm. like a farmer's field, and you divide it up into like squares almost. 
or like a checkerboard or something. So then I remember that story uh, resonating with me and sticking with me and being like, oh, I know how to write that word now because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it has that symbolism. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, that's how some of the Chinese words developed from like pictures and like that's drawings. That's one word out of so many. Of course, but you know, <laughs> but that, then, for but me. But then you take you know, that field and you add some strength underneath and it becomes a man. Yeah. So, I mean, for, for someone like me who, who didn't really know any of that, like, you know, that's how I remembered a lot of my uh, Chinese learning when uh, back in the day, you know, um, even with like reading uh, certain uh, words, I remember having to learn how to recite a poem or, or something. And then uh, I'd be having to ask how to pronounce certain words, but I had, I, the only way I could remember was to like write like other words, like English words that had the same like um, soundings and then write it on top. So I'd be writing English words on top of these Chinese <laughs> words to make, to remember being like, oh, uh, you got to uh, say cook. So it's like ju or, or something like that, you know, like, mm-hmm. so that was the only way. Yeah. It's like, or no, I, I literally just wrote cook. And, and oh, really? somehow that, yeah. yeah, that just like triggered something in my mind. Like, oh, okay. This word, I have to say it in this word or, or, or in this sound because of this English word or something. I don't know. <laughs> and that reminds me, one thing that really helped me was like being able to phonetically sound out what the word looked like. So like in my mind, I would use the English phonetic system to write it next to a word I didn't yeah. know. And what my mm. teacher would say is keep it there, write it all down. Like she would read it to us and we would like furiously kind of like sound it all out. And she's like, but as we read it and you become familiar, you can erase it. And like, that's how it kind of seeped into our memory. Yeah. And, you know, but as someone who has studied like literacy development and literacy learning, like, I think it is Chinese characters do need to be written again mm. and again and again for us to learn it. And actually my um, cousin came over yesterday to, and she's studying for a French test. And I told her like, write out your verb conjugations. Cause that's how you're going to remember it. Like, just the act of physically putting pencil to paper. Um, yeah, but but I remember like just a lot of s- stories, like listening to stories was so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the yeah. classroom. And and candy, like- Candy. As <laughs> it peaches is burned into my memory as being associated with Wong Lo Si, because she would always hand out candies if we like oh, okay. like raised our hands, participated, oh. or went to the board to write something down. That's extrinsic motivation. <laughs> and it's valuable. It works. <laughs> <laughs> my mom would play these like um, poem songs in the car every time I would go to Chinese school. So it'd be like, um, you know, like it would be oh, like a song, one. and it'd be just constantly playing for like um hours, and it'd be like you know it take like an hour to get to school, right? So then it'd just be like constantly playing in the background, and all I would hear is the I'm be like, oh my goodness! <laughs> You're giving me good ideas, Colin. I want to teach my child <laughs> Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 好啦,我最後呢,有個問題想問Stephanie多啲啦。So uh, you, you told us some, some things about linguistics and, you know, uh, from academic point of view, what this may, means and so on. You know, your, your interest in linguistic, how does it, uh, how does your, you know, your interest in Chinese, uh, 
What's the relationship between that? Did one lead to another or did one enrich the other? Um, I think mm. It's like opening up a new world for me to communicate with people. And even if it's just communicating with my grandparents, the ability to like use yitin, like the ancient expressions or like mm. using the, the like what people would say back then in the dynasties in those times to communicate a particular story like a particular lesson with my grandparents i think it was also it's it's that's what really made me really interested in learning about languages and gave me the motivation to continue learning because it was something that i was proud of i was really skilled at and talented but I also kind of want to say it's also because back in high school, I realized that I wasn't good in sciences. So I was like, okay, what am I good at? And then I found out that I was really good at learning French and Spanish. So all of that just triggered into like learning languages and diving more into that field. I don't know if that answers your question, Samson. Yeah, I think uh, uh it's part of who we are. It's not just uh, moving on to another issue, it's sort of about our home language, our mother tongue. Thank you to my co-host and guests for your sharing. Well, for better or worse, Chinese school has educated a generation of overseas and, uh, and young immigrants. Thanks for tuning in to Coffee Bubble Tea. Follow our IG, uh, subscribe to us. We look forward to, to, to chatting again in our next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.